themes to Rosh Hashanah. Malkiot, which is kingship, uh, Zikronot, which is remembrance, and Shofarot, which is the call of the Shofar. Last night, Rabbi Michael spoke mainly on the call of the Shofar and connected it in his third point to the kingship of Adonai. And if you weren't able to make it last night, you could listen to uh, his message on our podcast. Thank you to Randy, who faithfully puts those up. And so you can uh, listen to that or any message uh, over the last year or so. Um, but this morning, I want to speak on that thir- third theme of sequel note or remembrance. Uh, tradition tells us that throughout the scripture, when Adonai remembered, it brought about specific events uh, in Jewish history that occurred on Rosh Hashanah. And the section of prayers in the Rosh Hashanah uh, Maksor uh, lists ten of these events, and I'm going to go through, I think, six of them this morning. And one writer describes this section of the Rosh Hashanah prayer as following. The poetic introduction of the secret note is, olam. You remember the creation of old, which emphasizes Rosh Hashanah as a day of judgment on which God calls to mind all those things past and present. But it leads to ten verses that recall instances of God's attention to Noah, to the Israelites in Egypt, and the promise that God will remember the covenant with the ancestors for the sake of which redemption will come to their descendants, meaning to you and I. And the petition begins, Remember or take note of us for good. And then that prayer concludes with, Praise be you, Adonai, who remembers the covenant. And in these ten verses, what is happening is that we are asking God to remember certain events from our history in which he responded in mercy and compassion and to extend that same mercy and compassion in our lives today. Well, the good news is I have for you today is that God is indeed merciful and compassionate as we recited in many of our prayers today based upon the Hebrew scriptures. In fact, he makes this proclamation to Moshe uh, in the book of Shemot when he has called Moses to to bring uh, to lead the children of Israel out of Mitzrayim, out of Egypt, and uh, Moses is having this dialogue with God, and he's like, God, you have to show me who you are, and God says, no man can really see me. Well, just show me your glory, right? And God hides Moses in, in the rock, and he lets his glory pass before him, and at that time, God says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, Selah, just reflect on that. Merciful and gracious, slow to anger. In other words, God is patient with you and me. Aren't you grateful for that? I am. And he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The psalmist reiterates this over and over again. In fact, in Psalm 145, which we recited earlier. But here's a couple of verses in Tehillim 86, verse 5 and 15. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Isn't that good news? If you will call upon God today, he wants to extend his grace and his mercy towards you. And verse 15 says again, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithful. Excuse me, faithfulness. So as we look at several of these ten verses from the secret note prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to remember that God is indeed merciful and compassionate 
and to expect his faithfulness in your life as you enter into this year of 5778. So I just want to read through six of these, and then I have, I think, five things I want to share with you this morning. So in the prayer, it says, On Rosh Hashanah, Adonai remembered his promise to Noah, and the floodwaters dried up. On Rosh Hashanah, Adonai remembered his promise to Avraham, and Yitzchak was born. On Rosh Hashanah, Adonai remembered his promise to Yosef, and he was released from prison. On Rosh Hashanah, Adonai remembered his divine promise to the Jewish people, and the first steps were taken that would bring deliverance from Egypt. On Rosh Hashanah, Adonai remembered his promise to Hannah, and Shmuel, the prophet, was born. And on Rosh Hashanah, Adonai remembered his covenant and ordered Amraham not to sacrifice his son, but the ram was sacrificed instead. So the rabbis, when they uh, reflect on these statements that are in this Sikronot prayer, they say that hope is a part of the Sikronot. This past Shabbat, I spoke a little bit about the Hebrew word for hope, which is tikva, and what it meant to wait with expectation. So we hope in God and we expect him to move because he is a God who remembers. What does that mean? Well, it means that we expect him to be faithful and compassionate to us just as he was to our forefathers. So when we think about Noah and how he was on that, that ark with all those animals and how God remembered Noah and the, the waters dried up, right, and he delivered him. So we expect God to extend his mercy to him. We expect him to love us and be patient with him, and we expect him to move in our lives. So let's look at five things uh, that this prayer spoke to me and the scriptures uh, that uh, encourage us with these things. First of all, he is a God who remembers what he has promised. Again, a little Hebrew lesson here. The common word for Hebrew is zachor, uh, on, uh, to remember, zachor. So uh, we wear those pins on Yom HaShoah, the zachor pins. Uh, but the basic connotation is not just recalling something mentally, but it also includes a focus on responding. In other words, <clears throat> when God remembers, it always leads him to act on our behalf. In Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, he says, I will remember you and fulfill my good promise to you. Isn't that exciting to understand that when God says, I remember, it's because he wants to move and to do something on your behalf and on my behalf. So in each of these incidents that are recited in the secret note prayers and so many others in the scriptures, we see Adonai stepping down into the situation of man to act on behalf of his people, whether they're in a time of trouble or they're simply looking to him for a specific need that they had. Adonai says that he will do what he has promised in your life and in mine. Look at what he says in Tehillim 105, verse 8. He remembers his covenant forever. That's a long time, forever. And the promise that he made for a thousand generations. Later in this particular psalm, it talks about how Adonai provided water, manna, and quail for the children of Israel in the wilderness and concludes by saying it was because he remembered his holy promise to his servant Abraham. God remembers, and when he remembers his covenant, he steps into your situation and into my situation and into the world to demonstrate who he is in our lives. Does anyone need God to step into their situation today? 
Well, he wants to encourage you that he remembers his promises, and in remembering, he wants to move in your life. It just requires us to turn to him and to allow him to move in the way he wants to. Tehillim, uh, Psalm 103, verse 5 says, He fills our life with good things, and that's what God desires to do. Secondly, because he remembers, he quickens life to his people. This is seen in the story of Yitzchak being born and Shmuel being born. Both of these women were barren. In the natural, there was no hope for life. Uh, they could not conceive. We know that Sarah was past childbearing age. Uh, she was actually 90 years old when she gave birth to uh, uh, Isaac. And Hannah, we know, could not bear children. Uh, she had a, a rival uh, wife uh, to her husband, Elkanah, who had children. And, and it just disturbed Hannah so much that when she went up to the temple, we find her in, in the first book of Shmuel just crying out to God because she so wanted to have a child. So again, in the natural, there was no way for them to give birth, to give life. We know that in the ancient world, it was a shame and reproach uh, on a woman if she couldn't bear children. And what this prayer is telling us, when God remembered and gave the ability to Hannah and uh, Sarah to give birth, is that he saw the plight of these women, and he moved in their lives and, and again, quickened their bodies to produce life. Think about it. Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of a new year for us as a Jewish people. And in this new year, we need to expect new life from Adonai in our situations. Perhaps you've experienced barrenness and emptiness. Maybe you've seen no fruit in your life, even though you have labored hard and long in some areas. God would encourage all of us this morning that just as Adonai remembered these women and made them fruitful, so he will remember you and me and allow us to flourish. One writer said that Adonai is an expert at working in the impossible situation. So do you have an impossible situation? Sarah and Hannah had an impossible situation. Well, God wants you to know today that nothing is impossible for him. Amen? That your situation may seem hopeless to you. Maybe you see no way for your change to come. Maybe you're desperate like these women who, would, uh, uh, who so desired to have a ch child, but there was nothing that they could do to, to make themselves conceive. So hear the word of the Lord to us this morning. He says, I am breathing life into your situation. What seems too difficult for you, God says, is easy for me. He says, I remember my covenant, and I will move on your behalf. Amen? And the third thing, because he remembers... He sees our pain and distress. This is reflected in the stories of Yosef in Egypt that are recalled in the secret note prayer. Both of these are stories of people in great pain who were experiencing disappointment in their lives. Think about it. Yosef was sold by his brothers who initially wanted to kill him. How disappointing and painful that must have been for him. They were his brothers, his mishpacha. They were the ones... That should have been able to, to, he should have been able to depend on, to count on when things got rough. But instead, they were the ones who betrayed him and hurt him. And Adonai saw that, and he watched over Yosef until he finally made him a ruler over Egypt. Then years later, we read in the beginning of the book of Shemot Exodus of how the children of Israel were under such oppression because they were forced to work making bricks for the Egyptians. 
And we know from the scriptures that the Egyptians were hard taskmasters who brutally enslaved the Jewish people, demanding more and more from them. And in the first few chapters, it says that Adonai saw the groanings of the children of Israel, and he sent Moshe to deliver them out of Egypt. I want to encourage each of us, whether you're here today or you're listening on the podcast, that as we enter into the year 5778, let us know that God is not unaware of the pain and distress that you are experiencing right now. And because Adonai is a God who remembers, I want to encourage you that he will move on your behalf just as he did for Yosef and for the children of Israel. He will be the father, the mother, or the sister or brother that you never had or that let you down. He will be the support and the strength that you need in your time of trouble. Even if there are those around you who are pressing you and seeking to push you down further and further, know that Adonai sees this and that he will bring you out of that situation just like he brought Yosef out of prison. In the Psalms, he declares, I will bring you into a wide, open, spacious place, which means a place of freedom and liberty. The enemy meant to keep you down, but God says, I, like I raised Joseph up, I'm raising you up to a new position. No power of darkness can stand against my plans for your life, declares Adonai. He says, I made you the head and not the tail. You will rise up in victory and you will come out of the pain that you are experiencing. He says, I will heal you. I will restore every area of your life, your emotions, your health, your marriage, your relationships, your finances. God is a God who remembers and seeks to restore. Which leads us to my next point. Because he remembers, he always makes a way. Again, looking back to the story of Noah and the children of Israel in Egypt. We see that God make a, made a way for his children. Adonai was going to destroy the whole world because of its wickedness and hardness of heart. Yet he spared Noah and his family by instructing them to build an ark. This was something that had never been heard of before. Noah didn't know what an ark was, but God gave him a plan. He made a way for Noah and his family to be preserved. And then for the children of Israel, again in Shemot 3, 7, and 8, it says, Adonai said, I have seen how my people are being oppressed in Egypt, and I heard their cry for release from their slave masters because I know their pain. God knows the pain and distress that you are feeling. And he says in verse 8, I have come down to rescue them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that country to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Again, in the natural, you may see no way to get out of Egypt. You may say, my situation cannot change. But just like Adonai had an ark in mind for Noah's deliverance, he has a plan for you. And as we enter into 5778, God wants to encourage each one of us that he remembers and he sees our situation and that he has a plan for us, even though we don't know what that plan is yet. And finally, that leads me to my last point. Because Adonai remembers, he is the God who provides the sacrifice. And we see this in the story of Yitzchak. And we read that from Bereshit 22 today. And it is called the Akedah, or Binding of Isaac, which is always read on Rosh Hashanah. So every synagogue uh, uh, this year is reading this story. 
And the blowing of the shofar, which we're going to hear in a few moments, of the ram's horn on Rosh Hashanah, is connected to that ram that was caught in the thicket in the story. And the binding of Isaac and his ram horn, ram's horn excuse me, are also tied to the appearance of Messiah in rabbinical thought. The rabbis say that just as the horn of Isaac was blown on the shofar uh, on Mount Sinai, it will be blown to herald the coming of Mashiach. One Jewish commentary states about this whole story of Isaac and his binding that there was a remarkable tradition that insisted that Abraham completed the sacrifice and that afterwards Isaac was miraculously revived. And according to this uh, story, Abraham slew his son, burnt his victim, and the ashes remained as a stored-up merit and atonement, hear that word, in Israel for all future generations. So what we see here in rabbinic thought, they interpreted Isaac's death as a substitutionary death. As the quote states above, his death symbolically made atonement for the Jewish people. Often Jewish people think about substitutionary death as a, as a Christian theme or idea. But it is woven within the liturgy and rabbinic thought of Rosh Hashanah and in the story of the binding of Isaac. In fact, part of one of the traditional prayers on this day says, quote, May he, our Lord, remember the love of the Mighty One and for the sake of the Son who was bound, meaning Isaac. May he eliminate our adversary and on account of the Perfect One, may the awesome God declare for us today a verdict of righteousness. In other words, to clear us. For this day is holy to our Lord. Well, as Messianic believers, we believe that Yitzchak Isaac was a foreshadow of the Jewish Messiah to come. The Hebrew scriptures speak of that Messiah in many, many scriptures and passages. And as we have looked through those passages in the Hebrew scriptures, we have come to believe and acknowledge that the Jewish Messiah is Yeshua of Nazareth. Abraham was tested... And Adonai saw his willingness to obey and spared Abraham's one and only son by providing that ram in the thicket to be the sacrifice. Years later, there would be another son who was ready to lay down his life on behalf of humanity. His name is Yeshua. Like Isaac, he was willing to give his life. The difference is that there was no ram to take his place. So 2,000 years ago, Yeshua gave himself up on the tree of sacrifice to make atonement for the sins of mankind to the Jew first and then the Gentile. Today, no one has brought a ram into this sanctuary to offer as a sacrifice for which we are very grateful. I would not want to be the one to clean up after that. So how are our sins going to be atoned for? Well, Adonai sent the Messiah. And as we read in the New Covenant passage in our Torah service, he entered into the heavenly uh, holy place and offered once and for all his blood as a sacrifice to make atonement for our sins. Adonai did this because he remembered his covenant that he made. And throughout the Hebrew scriptures, as I said, he promised the deliverer that the Messiah would come and would offer his life as that once for all sacrifice. And what we simply need to do is to accept and to believe. So at this time, I'm going to lead us in the prayer thanking God for his provision that he remembers and that he provided a sacrifice to make atonement for our sins. I'd like everyone to pray this with, with me and encourage you to, if you are praying this for the first time or you have more questions about this concept of Yeshua being the Messiah, 
My husband and I would love to sit and talk with you. We can go through the Hebrew scriptures and show you how we have come to this conclusion, like many in this room, and have our sins atoned for. In other words, I know today that my name is written in the book of life, which is being opened today traditionally and will be closed on Yom Kippur because I know my sins have been atoned for. Not because I brought a ram here to offer today, not because of any of my works of righteousness, but because of Yeshua and what he did for me. And I chose one day to embrace and accept him. So uh, please repi- uh, repeat this prayer after me, Adonai. Thank you that you remember your covenant. And that you made a way of atonement through the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua. Today I choose to put my trust in Yeshua and his work on the tree of sacrifice. Thank you that my sins are atoned for and that my name is written in the book of life. Amen. Amen. It's a simple prayer, uh, but it's powerful if you meant it. And uh, sometimes you may not always have a full understanding of what's taking place in a service such as this. But I want to tell you, God will continue to reveal to you the truth of, of what we have spoken. And as you live a life of repentance and putting your hope and trust in the Messiah, you're, you can be assured that your name is written in the book of life. At this time, I want to invite uh, Miles to come up. We are going to uh, recite our Shofar wrote verses. So that's at the bottom of page 15 in your Moksor. And Daniel will get it up on the screen as well.